0: What's up, guys? Evolution.org podcast coming your way. Guys, it's number 278. Today, we're going to be talking about testosterone, and we're going to discuss everything from A to Z, everything having to do with testosterone. So, I have Rick on the line. What's up, buddy? How you doing?
1: Hey, Steve. Hey, what's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Um, yeah, today's podcast 278. On our podcast 276, we did EQ, Equipoise. That was a really nice one. And podcast 274 with it, Dianable. So if you um, want to find out about those two hormones, make sure you check those back out. And then on um, podcast uh, coming up for the single compounds, uh, which one do you want to do, Steve? I haven't decided. Yeah, it's
0: going uh, to be 280.
1: Podcast number 280. Um, what do you want to do for 280?
0: Yeah, I think we're going to go with DECA for 280. Like DECA? Yeah.
1: Neandrolone. Right, 280, we're doing nandrolone, nandrolone phenylpropanate, nandrolone and undecanoate, right? Yep. Good to go. All right. So uh, 280, we're going to do DECA, and uh, this is 278, we're doing testosterone. So, <clears throat> so these podcasts are pretty much evergreen. The information you're going to hear today, it's relevant today, it's relevant 10 years ago, it'll be relevant 10 years from now. So um, you're getting, you know, everything that Steve and I have researched and used and know about testosterone all our years of uh, dealing with uh, um, being in the lifestyle.
0: Yeah, guys. So let's, let's talk about testosterone first, and then Rick's going to talk about the history and we'll kind of dig into it. First off, when we're talking about testosterone, we talk about it on the forums, we're talking about it on this episode, we're talking about the synthetic isogenous testosterone that we're going to be injecting into our body. We're not talking about the testosterone that's in our body and other animals' bodies, obviously. So this is a synthetic version that we're injecting, which it mimics exactly the structure of actual testosterone that's in our body. Now, what is that testosterone that's in our body? It is a male hormone, and in males, it's going to be made by our testicles, our, our balls, our nutsack, whatever you want to call it and also our adrenal glands do produce a small amount as well it is our principal sex hormone as males and it is anabolic in our body and it is androgenic females will also produce a small amount of testosterone in their ovaries but it's way less than what males produce i'd say about a tenth as much as what males produce so if you run blood work a normal level of testosterone in a normal healthy adult male is going to be somewhere between 300, 350 nanograms per deciliter up to about 850, 900 nanograms per deciliter. So if you're running blood work in the United States, typically those are going to be the metrics that we judge it by. So if you're lower than that, you're considered low testosterone, and that would be, um, you know, a that would suck because if you're low testosterone, you're going to have a lot of negative side effects, which we're going to get into as this um, podcast continues. So what are the advantages of having um, injecting testosterone? Well, it's like I said, anabolic and androgenic. So you're going to get all the the great qualities of using a steroid. Um, Anything from more muscle, leaner, uh, leaner and fat department, you're gonna get some um, some strength in the gym, you're gonna get some nice strength in the gym, you're gonna get some mood, improved mood, especially if you're low on it. So there's a lot of benefits. We're gonna dig into the benefits later, but first I wanna give Rick, let, let him jump in and talk about the history because it's kind of fascinating uh, learning about the history of these compounds. Tell us a little bit about the history, Rick.
1: I got so a pretty um fascinating history here with uh, testosterone, so around, In 1889, a Harvard professor named Charles uh, Edward Brown Soquart, dude had four names, he uh, extracted what he called a rejuvenating elixir from dog and guinea pig testicles. You heard that right. From dog and guinea pig testicles, the then 72 year old uh, professor gave himself injections of the extracted elixir and uh, he thought that he felt great and that he he felt restored. So as far back as a As far back as 1889, people that knew things knew there was already something there, and uh, they started just injecting, imagine that, the extract of dog testicles and guinea pig testicles, and then injecting them. That's that's pretty pretty hardcore. So when scientists all over the world started hearing about uh, this guy's experiments, they started uh, doing their own experiments with animal testicles trying to find the elixir of life. So in the 1890s, a uh, 70-year-old volunteer named Jason Gamble from uh, San Francisco uh, was injected with a a lamb testicular fluid, okay? So so testicular fluid from a lamb. And a few few days after his injection, Gamble said he felt more limber and had better digestion, uh, had more energy, had an objective test, also showed a significant improvement in his grip strength. This is a, a quote from some of my research there. So, 1890, uh, uh, Jason Gamble, <laughs> guy got injected with uh, testicular fluid from a lamb, and you know felt that uh, it improved his lifestyle. Apparently, by 1927, already in, the, in University of Chicago, right, the professor of physiological chemistry, Fred uh, C. Koch, he found a way to obtain large amounts of bull testicles. So they started trying to isolate. Pure testosterone out of these bull testicles, so they found a way to isolate pure testosterone, and they started testing it on roosters that had had their testicles removed. So by 1935, uh, in the Netherlands, uh, there was a group of scientists there that were able to they were able to isolate a few pure milligrams of testosterone, and they were able to identify the hormone. Uh, it was published in a newspaper, May 1935 the article uh, on crystalline male hormone from testicles, testosterone. And the article, they talked about it. They found it. They isolated. It. And from the 1930s to about the 1950s, they called it the golden age of steric chemistry because a lot of new hormones were developed. Once testosterone was identified as this pretty simple and pretty ancient three-ring structure, automatically scientists begin manipulating the structure to get different effects from it different effects in the human body and different interactions with the enzyme. You know, For example, uh, they would take the, the structure and change it up a little bit so that it wouldn't interact with the aromatase enzyme. Hence, it wouldn't aromatize, it would not give you any uh, estrogen related side effects. However, it would give you other different side effects. And from about the 1930s to the 1950s, in that 20-year span, is with most of the steroids that we have today were developed is when testosterone was identified and isolated. For many of you guys that have been around uh, the bodybuilding world here the last 10, 15, 20 years, if you saw there was a big wave of pro-hormones that people were taking for a while and became that illegal, a lot of guys think those were new pro-hormones. They were not. Those were published in a book for, uh, from the 1960s 1950s i mean they were published in a book and they were discovered ages ago and many of them had been tested and they just found they just found no reason to continue to research them any further because maybe there were other uh, better uh, steroids at, at the time and those were the ones that became commercialized like your anavar, winstrel you know your regu- your testosterone esters and, and by about 1939 they had already figured out to, how to actually synthesize testosterone from uh, cholesterol. So testosterone was around and people were using it from about 1939 is when it it really became available. And by about 1967, the International Olympic Committee decided to ban steroids and any kind of performance enhancement in the Olympics. Now, remember uh, John Ziegler from episode uh, 274, John Ziegler started developing Dianable around 1954. And by 1967, already the Olympic Committee was coming down on athletes for using performance enhancement, especially testosterone injections, especially Dianable and some of these compounds. Now, from my research, testosterone at first was just available as base testosterone without an ester. And then just two or three years after testosterone was in the market, it became available with the propionate ester. So apparently very first esterified testosterone was testosterone property now talking about the history of testosterone a little bit we have a lot of hormones that our bodies use hormones are basically signal carriers and these sex hormones these testosterone hormones that we use have been in us so far back that we share the same kind of structure with like horses and and fish and other vertebrates because um it's a it's a hormone from that was that our bodies had from way way back in evolution now when you compare it against something that discusses in another podcast human growth hormone the human growth hormone that's in you won't have the same effect on a horse vice versa the horse's uh, growth hormone won't have the same effect on you however your testosterone between you and the horse is interchangeable so these are hormones that were basically developed in latter stages of our evolution obviously right so that's why I would say uh, testosterone is a pretty ancient hormone when you compare it to, to our version of uh, human growth hormone, which is uh, something we probably developed more recently in our evolution. So it's, it's an ancient hormone as in humans, as in horses, cattle, fish. And this is why veterinary steroids that were meant to use on horses and cattle and, and pigs and whatever, why they work on humans so well. Because it's a pretty ancient hormone that, that goes all the way back to our, our common ancestor with other vertebrates
0: all right guys so what rick was mentioning the first testosterone version was testosterone base as he said suspension and what it is it's uh it's it's the injectable testosterone hormone in a water base so there's no ester attached to it and it's pure 100 milligrams is actually 100 milligrams there's um it's pure testosterone The problem with it is there's a lot of post-injection pain. And also, it's only going to be in your system a very short time. But the benefit, the only situation where I recommend you even touch this stuff is if you're a tested athlete because it's going to be impossible for them to call you and say, you know what, you got to report to the lab to get tested um, on Tuesday. You go on Tuesday, it's not going to be in your system, even if you injected it that that same day they called you. So that's what pro-athletes will use to avoid detection that's the shortest one Um, the next one is propionate two to three day half-life it is also typically strong post-injection pain but it is oil-based guys who are running short cycles guys who are competitors who want to have their system quicker they'll finish ahead of their competition so it's out of their system um, then you have the omnidren sustenin blend, which is four blend all- in- one, four esters, one short, the propionate, one intermediate, and then two longer esters. Um, you have testosterone sepanate. It's about a 10-day half-life. maybe um, you know some I've seen some as low as A, some as high as 11 or 12. just depends on who you want to believe, but it's a very smooth Injection, um, it's what is used in the United States for, for testosterone replacement therapy, hormone replacement therapy typically. Um, in Britain, they like to use the sustenin, and in East Europe, they like to use the omnidrin. Another one that's used in the United States for long term, you know, um, H- HRT or TRT is testosterone enanthate, and that half life is similar to sepinate, um, it's been somewhere between 10 and 12 days. And again, it's very smooth, has a long esters, so you can inject it once a week, no problem. You also have the testosterone phenylpropionate, which has a half-life of about four days, three to four days. You've got the isocaprate, which has a half-life of about seven or seven days, about six or seven days. And then you have the long decanate ester, which is 12 to 14 days. Um, that one is really good if you're on uh, long-term TRT or HRT, if you're cruising and they have the undecanate, which is a really, really long half-life, It exceeds two weeks. And that one, you only have to inject maybe once every two or three weeks because that one is a super, super long ester. So, you know, quickly, you know, what do I recommend if you're running a short six to eight week cycle, go with the propionate, it's in your system, peaking quicker, it hits quicker. It's out of your system quicker. If you're running a normal 12, maybe 14-week cycle, go with the SIP or the Nthate ester. If you're running uh TRT, HRT, go with the long esters, guys. Go with the decanate or undecanate. So, Rick, tell us tell us uh, some more stuff about testosterone. Go ahead.
1: So, now that you ran through the esters and the times, I'm gonna give you guys a little something here about the weights. So, I said this in another podcast, I'll rehash it again when you look at the milligrams that you are injecting, right? Uh, you got to think about it this way. When the, when the raw powder or, or when the raw hormone is being weighted out to be made into a, a formula, the total weight of the hormone includes the ester chain. Now, the ester chain does not grow muscle. It is just there to let that hormone get suspended in oil. And so that once the hormone enters your body, it's not in and out used uh, right away, but that it, it lingers. It can linger for days. Uh, sometimes weeks. So it's it's just important to know that when you inject, let's say, 100 milligrams of testosterone propionate, about 80 milligrams of that is going to be actual active testosterone, while about 20 milligrams is going to be the propionate ester chain that needs to get cleaved off, needs to, be, needs to come off the steroid first before it can interact with, with the receptors and, and do its thing. The way your body cleaves or, or takes off the the ester chain is with a couple of enzymes that are there and these enzymes interact naturally in the body with other structures that are like it. And when the steroid is, is in your system, these enzymes are naturally uh, drawn to interact with the structure and it takes that little uh, ester chain, takes a little chain off of the steroid. Now the steroid can interact with uh, the receptors. Testosterone cypionate, for example you get about 69 milligrams of actual testosterone for every 100 milligrams. Uh, The rest uh, is ester. When you're talking about something like testosterone decanoate, testosterone undecanoate, you're only getting about 62 to 61 milligrams of testosterone that will actually build muscle for every 100 milligrams of testosterone decanoate or testosterone decanoate. The other uh, 38, 39 milligrams are non-muscle building ester chain that, like I said earlier, has to come off, off of the base hormone before the base hormone can interact with uh, receptors or, or other enzymes itself, like ductase or the, the aromatase enzymes. Now, I have to mention natate because that is a popular ester. That's about 70 milligrams of testosterone that you get for every 100 milligrams of testosterone anathate. You get about 70 milligrams of active. The other 30 milligrams are the ester like I said earlier. So it's a quick rundown to go with your uh, timelines there, Steve.
0: So let's talk about the benefits. First um, time I ran testosterone, I ran um, a sustenance, the sustenin blend. Uh, 500 milligrams a week. Um, the first, one of the first things I noticed is in the gym, strength. Strength was up. My libido was up. My mood was up. Felt like a million bucks. Felt like I was 17 again. You know that feeling when you're 17? Um, It was just amazing. Appetite went up. Um, I was growing muscle like a weed. And I was getting getting bigger, man. I was getting confident and everything. So it it basically makes you feel like you're young again, especially as you get older, because your testosterone levels drop as you get older. You throw in You know, exogenous testosterone, and it's you're gonna feel young again. It feels fantastic. So those are the benefits, guys. And you know, what I like to do is what I did on my my cycles is uh, I'll kickstart it with a oral, and um, and that really worked well. First three four weeks, kickstart it with an oral, and then run the five hundred milligrams a week for twelve weeks. That's a good first cycle, even second or third cycle, and that will that will do the job. You're getting the both androgenic and anabolic effects.
1: Yeah, I like testosterone quite a bit. It's kind of the only thing I use now, along with EQ. At my age, it gives me a little boost. I I don't really juice a lot anymore. I just want to stay healthy and and stay strong and look good. So testosterone, you know, just gets me there. One of the things I like about testosterone is that when you really think about it, it's already what your body is used to having. You just put in, in more of it. I don't really run the chance that stuff that I think about now going into 40 of using something that later on might give me some side effects that we might not know about. Look, you don't just have no idea what some of the stuff can do down the line. But testosterone, I can confidently say my body already makes it. Uh, There's well-documented information on the side effects of having too high a testosterone for too long. That already, we already already know what the problems um, that can occur there are. And uh, I can prepare for that also the side effects from testosterone are very predictable very predictable and uh, the drugs to counteract them are readily available if you have an issue with testosterone uh, turning too much into estrogen and giving you estrogen side effects you have a very wide choice of different anti-estrogen drugs you can use to counter it. everything from just nolvadex to keep it out of receptors to to Remedex to Aromacin uh, to lower overall estrogen if you have an issue with testosterone becoming too much uh, DHT, dehydrotestosterone, and giving you some of those really androgenic side effects. So yeah, if you have an issue with your testosterone being converted into dehydrotestosterone at, at too high of a rate and giving you some of those side effects like hair loss, prostate enlargement, some of these side effects that you, that you get, then you also have a choice of drugs that you can use to combat those. And, and this is all well-documented, the, the research is all out there, uh, where when you use these drugs to combat side effects from other steroids that are not testosterone, we're bro in it really to a large degree because the test and the real information isn't out there, whereas it is about testosterone. So I feel pretty confident going forward that uh, if I have some issues, they'll be from my testosterone being too high, not from some unknown link between this synthetic hormone that I've used for decades and and something in my brain down the line, right? So that's what I really like about testosterone, just the predictability of it at all. Also, it's probably one of the cheapest steroids you can buy. So it's rarely ever fake. I mean, I can't say enough about it. It's just a great anabolic, just a great steroid. And in my opinion, and I'll, I'll give people advice about every steroid i familiar with, all of them i've used all of them at some point but i will just tell everybody and i'll keep saying this in the podcast if you're just trying to look good with your shirt off if you're just trying to look
0: tight and be strong look at the testosterone is all you need so let's talk about some of the misconceptions and this kind of goes into side effects as well the biggest misconception i see on the forums is guys don't understand that if they take testosterone they'll get shut down it does shut you down guys. It's going to shut down your pituitary glands. Anytime you introduce an exogenous hormone, doesn't matter if it's testosterone, trenbolone, deca, dbol, whatever, it's going to shut you down. And testosterone shuts you down severely, so you must run a post cycle therapy after testosterone. Don't think that you can just run testosterone and and nothing, you know, they that you're not going to get shut down. So, always run a PCT after. The other misconception is guys think they can run these absurd dosages. I see a thousand milligrams a week, 2000 milligrams a week. They think they can run as much as they want. They're not going to have effects. All those side effects that Rick mentioned, they become very severe when you abuse testosterone, the estrogen issues, the energetic issues is the DHT issues. And that will compound themselves as time goes by. So there's no reason to run it at high dosages the most i've ever ran it was 750 milligrams a week which was plenty i got i got just as good results as 500 milligrams a week so i reject the idea they have to they have to run one or two grams a week of testosterone so less is always better um i like to run low dosages of testosterone when i'm on cycle let's say running primo eq trend whatever i like to run a super low dose of testosterone with them um, and And just to give it a little anrogenic kick, so testosterone is um you know it's a good versatile uh, uh you know steroid it's it's the top selling steroid out there in terms of injectables and it's um you know it really really um, can be used in in all in any cycle you can name so it's a tremendous um Compound And like Rick said, any steroid source is going to have not only testosterone, not just testosterone, they're going to have different versions of testosterone. They're going to have different esters of testosterone. We see them, um, we see a lot of sources that will sell different, they'll sell the base, the suspension, they'll sell all the way up to the um long ester, from short ester, long ester, in between blends, all kinds of different uh, things will be sold for testosterone, so it's very versatile for sources and and on the black market, and it's very very cheap, as Rick said. You know, a vial of testosterone, pff, I mean, costs costs less than it costs you to wash your car. That's that's the reality of it. So it's very cheap.
1: I used to be able to buy a amp of Testoviron, which is a testosterone date one one milliliter amp. Um, 250 milligrams for about $7 U.S. And then, um, and I had the option of getting Testoviron, which is that the one amp, or getting uh, Nevito, which is testosterone undecanoate. It's a big uh, jug, four cc's, and it has a thousand milligrams of testosterone, four cc's. And Bayer discontinued Testovirin of off the market. Can't get it anymore. Can't find it at, at any pharmacy. It's just no, uh, they didn't even send me a letter or anything. to let me know. <laughs> and it's, and it's now gone. And I, so he, let me just uh, give you uh, give you guys a price difference. Just going to Pharmacia over the counter, right? Testoviron, 250 milligrams, one CCM, $7. And you know, like I explained earlier, we're getting a good amount of uh, testosterone there because it's the shorter ester. Now, on the other hand, nebido, Testosterone undecanoate, four cc jug, 250 milligrams per cc. So it's a thousand milligrams, $74. So my steroid bill just went up (laughs) because I only use human grade tests. Apparently it's gonna be tough, almost impossible for me to continue to get testoviron anymore. i have been pretty saddened by these news, man. I can't get a legit testoviron corner of pharmacy like I used to anymore.
0: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's a an interesting little uh, situation there, but um, all right, guys. Excellent. So guys, we really appreciate you listening to this podcast. I think we covered pretty much everything on testosterone, but if we missed anything, we'll definitely follow up on a future podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Our next podcast is coming up next week. I hope you guys will join us once again for Steve, Smee, and Rick. This is another episode of evolution.org podcast coming your way. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care.
1: Hey, thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one, Steve.
0: Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice.